I am Rami. And I'm Shannon. And this is Workplace Hugs. This is our podcast where we talk about the things that intrigue us, the things that we're reading or listening to that make us think about either examples we've come into during our our work experience or things that we would like to talk about that have to do with work. Um, it's really a place for Shannon and I to talk about how these types of topics are interesting to us, but also can help us expand our toolkit without getting a whole new degree. Um, and with that, I'm going to kick it to Shannon to introduce herself. Yeah, I'm Shannon Schottler. I'm an executive coach based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I spent the first 10 years of my career working for four different Fortune 500s in manufacturing, retail, consumer packaged goods, in a variety of roles, you name it. I probably did it. <clears throat> a few years ago, though, I set the corporate life aside, favoring the flexibility found in entrepreneurship. And I'm happily coaching, consulting, and contracting, and podcasting all the live long day. There we go. We got podcasting. Uh, I'm Rami. I'm based in Los Angeles. I've worked for a variety of sizes and types of companies, mostly in the CPG space. Uh, Shannon and I met quite a few years ago in a humongous company. Uh, and then I moved on to a medium-sized tech CPG company. And now I'm in a, a very small startup tech company. Um, on the operation side. So the way the workplace hugs works is we like to start with the topic at about 30,000 feet, um, really give the overview, talk about it, kind of where we're going to go with the podcast. Um, then we like to really hit it at the dirt tactical level, talk about examples that we have, talk about things that we've kind of gone through and really start to unpack it at, at the lowest level. And then finally, we like to bring it on home and and leave you guys with a few tidbits to kind of take with you and, and ways to kind of test and, and work on these things in your day-to-day. So today we're going to talk about a book that I read called When Breath Becomes Air by Paul Kalanai. I'm not going to even try and say this. K-L-A-K-A-L-A-N-I-T-H-I. And it's a book about... Shannon, you haven't read this book. I have not read this book, but the title is beautiful. Isn't it? And it kind of has to do with the whole story of dying, right? I think he's saying that like his breath as it leaves him, just as like his final breath will leave him, like mm. moves on to something else. Mm. The book is beautifully written. It's it's almost like reading prose or poetry. I was introduced to this book and I will give him all the credit, which I never gave him in person, which is my brother. I've seen this on his desk twice, I think in the last few years. And I know that this book has a big influence on him. Mm. And the other day when I finished reading this, I called him and told him that he should read this book. And he goes, I've read that book twice. Oh my gosh. And I was like, oh, you'd really like it. He's like, I've read that book twice. And he doesn't know that I only read it because I saw it on his desk. Oh. Anyways, so the book is about a surgical resident who's really spent his whole life and career getting to the point where he can now practice medicine and actually start to make money and, and his life can start. And at the end of all of that, he finds out that he has a debilitating form of lung cancer and he will die. Ugh. So he chooses to spend his last year kind of writing the book about his life. Devastating is the only way I know how to describe this book. It is heartbreaking. It is so good to get through, but so hard. Mm -hmm. Like it's just overwhelming and, and very emotional. And I don't know, it's just so well written. Mm. But what I want to talk about, apart from just being generally sad, is... Something that he kind of goes through about a third of the way through the book, which is he goes up to his patients and he starts realizing that he treats them as if they are cogs, as if they're something that he needs to get through 
to get through his day. Mm. And as he starts to become the patient, he realizes that the doctors that spend the time, that that show the empathy, that actually care and, and talk to the people because they're humans and they deserve it, um, are much different than and much better than the other doctors that he's worked with. It causes him to shift the way that he he's a doctor and the way that he starts treating his patients. Mm. So, what that got me thinking about is how do we kind of infuse more empathy, deepness, meaning to our day-to-day interactions and show people that we care more on like a, a personal and a, and a day-to-day level? Whoa, I'm just taking that all in. I think that's a beautiful thing for us to focus on and might just be the epitome of the name of our podcast is Workplace Hugs. Right? How do we give more people the feeling of a hug in the workplace mm-hmm. through this practice of empathy? Yeah, and I think too, like, it's a really good point because that title exists for a reason, but we never really say why the title is what it is. Mm -hmm. But I think you're hitting it right on the nose. It's really about like, how do you, how do you in your day to day show more empathy and and give people that warm embrace without needing to physically give them that warm embrace? Mm. So I think that's kind of the overview. I think as we get into kind of the dirt tactical level, my question for you, Shannon, is can you think of any examples of when you're not invested in others or or care to show much empathy when you talk to them? Yeah, I think I'd like to think that my default is empathy, but I also recognize that I have a strong bias toward action. And sometimes when I am too much in a bias toward action frame of mind, I can lose sight of having empathy in the moment. And I've been so grateful for how I've grown as a person as I've been growing myself as a coach, because a huge part of coaching is about presence and not presence in like the executive presence type of way, but presence in being able to sit across the table from another human being and actually be fully present to hear whatever it is that they're needing to share or think through or talk about that day. And as I've grown as a coach, and focused more on bringing presence, I feel like that's helped me grow in tuning into empathy and tuning out of my bias toward action when it impedes, uh, this sounds weird, but in a way, when it impedes action. Sometimes me being having such a bias toward action impedes action on my client's part if I'm not mindful about it. Yeah. Do you think, um, do you think the way that business and companies run now kind of prevents a lot of empathy? Like the speed at which and the bias towards action? That's a really interesting question. I think it can. I think it can. And in a lot of ways, I'm afraid that it does. Where I have hope is I work, like the contract that I'm on right now is for a very small company. And I feel like anecdotally, the smaller the company I've worked for, the more I feel like empathy is alive and present in the workforce. Because you're not just a cog in a wheel as much. They really can't afford to treat you that way because if they lose you, you're 10% of their team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think what I've observed over my years in different size of companies is just that. What would you say? I don't know. I think, I think as time has progressed, we've, we as a culture have gotten better at being willing to open up. I think even just looking at social media, people are much more willing to talk about their anxieties, Mm. their stressors, Mm. the things that bother them, the things that they're happy about. 
I think we've in a in a way that we wouldn't have been able to before, right? I think 20 years ago, if you were a little kid and you were like, I'm so excited to go see the new Star Wars film. And I remember being so excited to see the new Star Wars film. It wasn't like I could post on Facebook and then have all these people also be excited about the same thing as me. Where now I can post that and everybody's just going to tell me to go take a hike because Star Wars sucks or something. But it wasn't that you could do that before. So, I think the ethos in the world is that we're much more able to show our emotions and to to have empathy for others. Mm. But I think the way that business has shifted is we try to get as far away from that as possible to keep that divide between work and personal. And I think it's how do you start to break down those barriers in a way that's proper in a way that's actually helpful. Because I think one of the things our listeners are probably thinking is, well, what, why, why should I have more empathy in work? And what's the benefit of having that? Yeah. And as you say that, I'm reflecting back on a time when I felt like terribly inhumane. I remember going to work for a different company and supporting the company that I still, that I had just worked for previously, where Rami and I met. And the leader had shared the Brene Brown TED talk, I think, on vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen it? No. Have you ever heard of like Brene Brown and yeah. vulnerability stuff? Okay. So, and then we had this team discussion at my new place of work all about like, sh oh, we got to share vulnerability and like share like deepest, darkest moments. And I remember emailing my former leader at Target and being like, we did the weirdest thing today. And it was so <laughs> terrible. And oh my God, we would have never done this at that place. And I'm so glad that you never made us do things like that, which is just so not who I am as a human being. I was so clearly trying to fit a mold and like hope that my former leader still liked me kind of a thing. It's just silly. And that was such a moment of empathy building at that new company. But because I, for whatever reason, pride, et cetera, maybe uncomfortability with being vulnerable, couldn't get on board with it. I think I missed a moment. I don't know. That just hit me as we were talking about this. I mean, it's real. It's 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 easy to think back on your career, my career, whatever it is, and think about the moments where you lacked empathy because there's such big impacts of you like not caring about your fellow person. And I think the goal kind of with this is how do we how do we start to show more empathy in a way that helps everyone and kind of moves the company forward and isn't just isn't just breaking down walls for no reason. Mm. So do you have thoughts on that? Or did the does he share some thoughts on that in the book? Not really. His whole thing is like, how do you how do you treat people as humanely as possible? And how do you treat them the way that you would want to be treated? Like if you're in the same position. And so the thing that sticks with me and the thing that I think about a lot is how do I as a person managing a process, how do I as a person managing a meeting start to put myself in the shoes of the people who I'm asking to do things or I'm I'm pulling through a process and how do I how do I think from their perspective of like what it is that they're trying to get out of it like how do I continue to iterate on this meeting that I have every week with half the team and say like I want everyone to be engaged and I want everyone to really come away with something how do I make sure that that's actually happening mm. I don't know it's just the idea of what I was thinking about originally was when I am walking through the office in the morning, I'm going to get my hot water for my tea. I'm walking through and I'm saying good morning to people. And one person every morning says like, oh, how are you doing? And I always say, oh, I'm good. How are you doing? And he never responds to me. Wow. So over time, I just stopped responding because I know that he doesn't want a response because he's not going to give me a response. Oh, that makes me feel really junky. Well, but it's it's part of what... A lot of people, like, when they say good morning, they always just lead into the next thing. And I think that's the 
the tricky part for me is how do you be really cautious about when you say that, like caring about the response and actually listening to it, mm. right? Like if I'm passing someone in the hallway, I'm not going to go, oh, hey, how's it going? Because I'm not going to hear a response. I'm going to hear them walk by me. And at most, they can give me a word. And so, I've tried to shift it into if I'm going to say good morning to someone, like going up to them, like saying good morning, like, hey, how's it going? How was your night? How are you doing? Like, what's on the agenda for today? Like, is there anything I can help with? Yeah. And I think doing that has helped me like really invest in those relationships because what it's done is like when people are in a bad mood or like don't have the time to do something or, or whatever it is, like they're willing to come and like set aside with me and like go to a meeting room and like talk about like why they're in such a like crappy mood or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, like when I'm having a crappy day, it's easy for me to pull them aside and be like, hey, I want to talk to you about my crappy day. Yeah. And like it allowed for us to get to the point where we can have those conversations and feel good that we like are investing in each other. Mm. I'm reminded of the a woman that I met at a coach retreat for lack of a better explanation. I think she's an HR leader at Google and she had set an intention for one year to walk slowly. And I thought, what is that about? And she said, well, you know, you see those leaders who are just running from meeting to meeting and not paying attention to what's actually like going on and happening in the hallways. And so she said, I don't want to be that leader. I want to be the leader that's walking slowly with my eyes up, looking around, being present to what's going on around me. And I'm wondering how much the ability to be empathic or frankly, the ability to be anything that you want to be rests in being present. Even in Minneapolis, they have the Skyway system, which Rami has kindly described earlier in a different podcast episode. And I will be walking through these tunnels in the sky, as you put it. And I have made the choice to leave my headphones out more and to keep my phone in my pocket and to just look at people. And sometimes it's uncomfortable because I don't know what person from my former life I might run into that day. But that's about that's on me, you know? If somebody needs my empathy, whether that's in a smile, a high, whatever it might be, what a difference that can make. And there's so many people with those earbuds in all the time, their phone out, trying to like do something in between meetings. And I loved that intention of that Google exec to say, no, I'm going to walk slowly. Well, I think too, the really important thing there is you and her, you're actively trying to be a part of the world as opposed to like drowning it out. Mm. And And everybody is busy. And I think even now so to like the furthest extent people are busy. And so when I think someone is willing to come up to you and say like, hey, how are you doing? Like, you look like you're having a terrible day. Or like in the skyway, like, oh, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Like, how are things? Like, how have you been? Yep. Like, just to see other people in a physical way, like want to connect with you. Because so much of our connections now are so digital mm. that I think that's the, that's such a different experience for us that we're trying to, I don't know, almost like relearn how how to connect with people on a physical level mm, mm. in a like person to person in a like face to face way because we're so used to getting on our computers and and commenting on our friend's picture of their baby or their kids or their food that they ate or the thing that they did and and you don't really get that same interaction when you're talking to someone face to face mm. like it feels like we've gotten to a point digitally where we can talk more openly about things but we've almost become so we can also be very superficial in the way that we only show the things that we want to show. Yes, it's definitely censored. Well, censored isn't the right word. Uh, curated. Curated. Thank you. Curated. Ugh. Isn't that gross? <laughs> 
yeah, it makes me feel gross, but I will reflect on the fact that we just had delicious, what was it, not ramen? Sukumen. Sukumen, it was so good. And we were both talking about how we've curated our feeds. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I think that's just how we've gotten as a society, right? Is like, oh, like, this is who I want to be perceived as. Yeah. And that's where I think, too, like, to go from that to being really vulnerable is something that's really tough. Mm. And I think showing empathy by caring about others is probably a way for us to start to reestablish that and reintroduce that into our day-to-day or our work relationships, right? And I don't think, I think show as much or as little empathy as you want to, but to Shannon's point, like be present when you're interacting with people because everybody is going through their own struggle. And so the question is, how do you, how do you help them and at least like not make their lives worse? Because half the time, all someone needs is someone to like vent to, and then they can go right back to being like amazing at what they're doing. But it just like, we all like need to complain. Find your complaining friends. Yeah. So with that, should we, uh, should we bring it back to eye level? Should we bring it home? We sure can. So Shannon. Yeah. What are the things that you are going to kind of start to do? Oh my God. I think it's the things that I'm already doing from that sounded egotistical. I didn't mean it like that. I mean, oh, I see. I see. My, Just keep going on. <laughs> one of my big um, focal points right now is just to bring full presence to wherever I am. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at this by any means. I It's something that I'm being very mindful and intentional about right now. So for me, I think I'm seeing that the key to empathy with another human being or connection on any level about in any sense of emotion is really through full presence. And if we can't bring our full presence to a conversation, what what are we doing? Mm-hmm. What are we doing? So for me, it's continuing with my practices of bringing my full centered self to the room, whether that's uh, five deep breaths, whether that's I'll tell my clients sometimes like put your hand on your heart if you need to connect with your emotions a little bit or even taking time in a meeting to make a conscious body shift making those body shifts is the first truly the fastest pathway towards shifting your mindset or your behavior in any moment so that's something that i've been really mindful about when i'm in moments where i'm not behaving the way that i want to be if i'm not behaving empath- empathetically or if i'm not behaving um with like a calm mind if i'm being impulsive to really just find a little body shift hand on heart, five deep breaths, lean back in my chair to bring myself to full presence. Yeah, I think for me, it's how do I how can I be very specific and purposeful with the words that I use? Mm. I think um, one of the things that I started doing a really long time ago was a lot of people and maybe this is in the Midwest, but a lot of people always ask me like, how's it going, which I think is such a weird question. That is now that I think about it. Just like a weird question. So then I'll answer and, and tell them how, I, how I'm going. And then I'll ask them, like, how are you going? And 95% of the time, people don't realize that I'm taking the phrasing of their question and turning it on them. Mm. And that's when I know that they don't really care. So I don't really need to go any further than that. Can I take a TV timeout on that? I don't know that it's that they don't really care. I don't think they're listening. I think they're not present. That's what I'm saying. And, and, and that doesn't mean that they don't care. It means... Uh, it might mean that they don't care. It means that that's like a skill strength that they, they're they weak on. I'm blown away, but not really because I guess I had trouble accessing presence for as many years as I was in corporate America at how many people really struggle to actually like feel what they're feeling in the moment or see what they're seeing in the moment. 
For sure. But it's just like, well, then don't ask the question, right? That's not very empathetic, Rami. I know. (laughs) I know. And I'm not good at it. I'm just saying, like, I think for me, it's like, if I'm going to ask you a question, like, I want to be really focused on listening to it. Yeah. And I fail at it all the time, Mm -hmm. but I want to be better at that to the same way that I want people who ask me questions to care that I'm taking the time to respond to them, right? Like, we're all busy. Yeah. Like, even me trying to respond is taking something out of my day. Yeah. So, you're testing them. Yeah. yeah. And I think, <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, kind of, because like, look, if, if it's like every day you keep not listening to me responding or me asking the question back, then like, I'm just going to stop doing it, yeah. right? Like, like I told you with my coworker, like, I just don't respond because I don't think he's expecting it because he's not listening to me. Mm. So I think that for me is more purposeful with my words. Yeah. Which leads me to my literary quote for today. Our first literary quote. Uh, It comes from a book by J.R.R. Tolkien. The book is The Hobbit. Uh, And Bilbo starts by saying good morning. And Gandalf responds by saying, what do you mean? Do you wish me a good morning or mean that it is a good morning whether I want it or not? Or that you feel good this morning. Or that it is a morning to be good on. All of them at once, said Bilbo. What a lot of things you do use good morning for, said Gandalf. Mm. I just thought it was nice. And so maybe I'll just end on that and not articulate more. So uh, before we end, Shannon, what are we going to talk about next week? Next week, we are going to talk about an oldie but goodie, in my opinion, classic. Simon Sinek's TED Talk called How Great Leaders Inspire Action. Ooh, this will be fun because you and I have very differing opinions on Mr. Simon Sinek. Yes. So until next time, I've been Rami. And I've been Shannon. And this has been Workplace Hugs. Workplace Hugs.